Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hello, I'm Rachel Farley, a consultant in Hydric and Struggles London office. I'm a specialist in HR executive search and I'm part of the European HR practice. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Paula Stanett. She's the chief people officer at Heathrow Airport. Paula started her career at ASDA and joined the HR team at Heathrow in 2007, and then she was appointed Chief People Officer in 2013. So Paula, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, thank you, Rachel, and great to be here. Airports were among the most affected industries by the the pandemic. Um, How did you work with your CEO to manage the complete collapse of the industry early in the pandemic and the slow return? Well, it's fair to say aviation has been completely devastated. We've seen a 70% reduction in passengers and a £2.5 billion loss last year. And we know that 70,000 people have lost their jobs so far in aviation, which is devastating. So John and myself, who's our CEO, quickly decided to take decisive action. So early on, as early as last March, we developed a plan to significantly help our business survive the pandemic. And that involved huge impacts for our people. So we implemented a new operating model. We right-sized our organisation by up to 30%. We harmonised terms and conditions, put in temporary pay reductions and maximised furlough. And we wanted to move fast because we wanted to be transparent and give our people certainty. And one of the things that worked really well for our colleagues is that we implemented a weekly call where we could update them. And that was everyone in the organisation was invited and we could update them on the changes and answer any questions they had in real time that they wanted to know. And that really built trust and confidence in us as a leadership team. And as the time developed, we were able to develop that call into talking about things that were really important to people, such as well-being, loss of loved ones to covid and diversity inclusions. So, so if we, if you look at all of those conversations that you were having, all of the feedback that you were having, and looking at um, where Heathrow needed to go in in that really critical time, what was most important from a people perspective that you saw as the CHRO? I think most important from people perspective, as I've mentioned, was really understanding what was happening so that people could have certainty around their futures and make choices. So by being upfront around, this is the bold plan, this is what it means for you, and having those regular conversations with people gave them certainty and choice. And I think it's always really important to be honest and straightforward with your workforce. And that worked well for us. So how have you seen the concerns and needs of the workforce change during your time at Heathrow before the the pandemic. And from that, did the pandemic accelerate existing trends or create new ones? 
Well, before the pandemic, we were a growing organisation. In fact, we were building a planning application for a third runway. And things on people's minds were very much around inequality in pay and also need for greater flexibility. And interestingly enough, we've been able to solve both of those in the pandemic. So we've been able to harmonise terms and conditions. And you'll all be aware that everybody's working in a much more agile way now. We were very quick once the government announced that where possible for colleagues to work from home to ask our non-operational teams to work in an agile way. And we are still doing that now. We actually leased our head office to be a vaccination centre so we could do our bit for the local community. And we are now starting to encourage colleagues to go back in a hybrid way, only one or two days a week, to achieve what we've all missed, which I think is the connectivity with loved ones and being able to have team meetings and brainstorm and develop plans together. But there are new concerns, Rachel, that have come out during the pandemic. And the main one has been well-being. It's been 18 hard months and people's levels of well-being and mental fitness have been significantly reduced. We know that people are not able to bounce back as quick and we know that stressors are causing people more concerns. So in response to that, we've developed a mental fitness programme um, which I'm quite excited about because I think it is so important to help people with resilience. And we are making sure that we give our leaders um, understanding of early warning signs for their teams and when people are struggling. And we're giving all of our colleagues an understanding of what mental fitness is. And we've introduced, for example, a mood chart where you can see on a daily basis where you are on that whether you're green, you're thriving or excelling, whether you're yellow and you're, you know, just getting by or whether you're moving towards the red and really struggling. And we've introduced tools for colleagues so that they can nudge themselves back up that continuum and really self-help to improve mental fitness. We've also introduced mental fitness champions, which can really help listen to colleagues who are struggling and counselling services where people are really needing extra help. And all of that together, we hope will really help improve the resilience in our workforce. So moving on to another really critical topic that uh, everyone is talking about at the moment is DEI. And obviously Heathrow has the most enormous diversity in, in terms of the types of people that work there. Appreciating your experience over the years, what advice would you give companies that are seeking to increase diversity in the workforce? And, and can you just share what diversity means to you and to Heathrow and then move into the, uh, the advice piece? Well, firstly, I think diversity for us is all around representation at senior levels. So as you said, we have a really diverse local community and we have huge diversity in the passengers that travel through Heathrow. So we made a commitment that we would reflect the diversity of our local communities at all levels in the organisation by 2025. And that would be my first advice to everyone who's listening to this call. Make diversity and inclusion part of your strategy. If it isn't, then you won't make progress. 
The second point around inclusion is that's developing a culture where everyone can belong. And that for me is equally as important as representation. And that's got to be part of your plan and strategy so that you can really make real progress. Second thing you need to do is track it, because if you don't track it, you haven't got data to show the progress, then people won't be able to see the journey. And you need to make sure, thirdly, as part of your plan, that everybody, everybody in the workforce can make a difference towards that journey. That's really important. We also have networks, which are fantastic, leading networks that really are our conscience. They challenge us, they're independent, they challenge us around, are we doing the right things? What are the barriers that still exist in the organisation? And finally, we use role models well. So just last week, we had a female firefighter talking about her journey in the fire service, and that enabled us to get several security officers applying to work in the fire service, which is really exciting. You, you mentioned that you, you track have been tracking. It's it's an intangible thing, inclusion and belonging. How, how do you know it's happening? It's Well, inclusion and belonging is much less easy to track. Clearly, diversity you can do by uh, levels within each grade through the different diverse groups. But inclusion and belonging, we track through our pulse survey. So we have a question around how included and how do you feel that you belong in the organisation? And we measure the percentage positive to that. And we also use our networks to listen and to talk to people around how do you think we're doing on inclusion. And we also do a lot of ed education for our teams around what does inclusion mean. But the easiest way to measure it is through that pulse survey question around testing the temperature on inclusion. What qualities do you look for in senior leaders in a, a real-time environment like Heathrow? And how are those qualities different to before COVID came into our world? Well, firstly, I see the purpose of a leader to help their teams be their best. So the qualities for me are, firstly, a leader needs to be authentic. And by that, I mean, they need to understand their strengths and limitations. They need to be vulnerable so they can build trust in their teams. They need to be authentic. Second, they need to be values led. And that means that all the decisions and trade-offs they make are based on the company values rather than their personal portfolios. And thirdly, they need to be able to build that inclusive culture, that belonging culture. I think what I've seen really emerge as an important quality during the pandemic is being able to lead through uncertainty. Certainly, there have been leaders who've been so much better with dealing with the ambiguity of the pandemic. They've been able to really think in a much more agile, independent way and change the way that we've done business. They've created a new normal and they've collaborated with others to achieve it. And that's so important, being able to lead through uncertainty. And we will be definitely looking for that in our leaders in the future. How about how the changes during COVID have affected how the senior leaders think about their talent needs in their teams? So slightly lower down the organisation. 
I think what we've recognised through COVID, certainly through the listening that we've done through our pulse surveys, is that there's still a desire for us to really create careers and to bring up representation in our uh, more junior levels in the organisation. And that is a real thrust of our people strategy at the moment is how can we really get people coming through, particularly as we've reduced the size of the organisation. So now we've got more opportunities coming up as we build back for people to grow into. So it's using our leaders to grow the talent and particularly diverse talent so that when we are ready, it can come through. So moving on to, to culture, if we look at Heathrow as an airport, it's very well known for a strong values-led culture. How has this supported the significant change and challenges experienced at the airport during the last um, 15 months or so? And in your experience, how can a company most effectively align culture to the, to the strategy based on your experience? Well, firstly, one of the first things I did in 2013 when I became Chief People Officer was worked with all of our colleagues to build our values. And it's fair to say they're as strong today as they were when we built them in 2013. And they are safety first. And that's just been so important. That's our number one value. So important for us during the pandemic. And then the other values are excellent service, doing the right thing, treating people with respect working together and aiming higher. And everybody knows them. And whatever we do, we make sure that we see and make decisions through the lens of our values. And that has served us well through the pandemic, because even when making difficult decisions, having to say goodbye to very loved colleagues, we have been able to do that well through the lens of our values. So in terms of culture and strategy, Rachel, I fundamentally believe that it's people first. And if you have a highly engaged workforce, then they will deliver the business strategy and outcomes for you. So at Heathrow, we have a business strategy that has four pillars. And the first one is our people strategy, which we call Mojo. And Mojo is all about Heathrow being a great place to work where everyone, whatever their background, can achieve their full potential. That for us, it's people first. So the, the pandemic has accelerated the rate of change and transformation in business. What does the future of HR as an organisation look like to support rapid evolution in business? Well, that's a great question, Rachel. And I, I think we've already talked about hybrid working, but we've seen a massive transformation in how we do training during the pandemic as well. So we have moved all of our management programs digitally so that people can access them whilst working from home. We now do induction digitally. And last week, we did a virtual work experience for 800 local uh, students, which was fantastic, greater access than ever before the pandemic. And we are at the same time as working through um, COVID, we are introducing a new back office ERP cloud system which will enable the HR function to give much better data insight to our team. So we're already working on that digital transformation. In the future, though, I think HR teams will continue to help that digital transformation. Digital skills will be, continue to be important 
along with green skills in the future. And I think we will look at what can we do with AI and automation and make sure that we are master planning. How do we develop our workforces so that we are upskilling people to avoid well, not avoid, but to embrace automation and to have the skills that we need for the world of work in the future. I think it's going to be very exciting. It is, I agree. So coming on to you as a leader, what were the biggest challenges that you personally had to face during the pandemic? And what did you do to overcome them? Well, firstly, it's fair to say there have been some tough days in which I have had to use that mood chart to really nudge myself back up to being in a good place. And I found that for me personally, running really helps in terms of my mood and also talking about it. I would recommend to everybody, don't keep silent when you're struggling. Talk about how you're feeling with close loved ones and colleagues because it really works to help you develop positive action. One of the hardest things, going to be honest, Rachel, has been saying goodbye to some really wonderful talent. And there's been several people in my own team that I have had to let go and I miss every day. But I do believe that when you let people go, they can be an ambassador for your business and they can come back in the future when we are growing again. You mentioned the term mental fitness and we've talked about this. And obviously there are many ways of looking at mental health, mental illness, mental problems, well-being, low well-being, high well-being, the list goes on. And it will only evolve as we know going forward. How, how do you define mental fitness? For me, mental fitness is exactly as you've described. It's about how do we have a positive well-being, a positive mindset so that we can deal with all the stresses that we have in life and can bounce back quickly. And all of us have good days and bad days. But when we move into a really negative mindset, then we need additional help. Everybody, I think, including myself, needs to work on their mental fitness as much as their physical fitness, because it helps you from business perspective, make much better decisions and therefore create better outcomes and value for the business. Looking to the future... What's the most important way your organisation is building on the lessons of, of 2020? So one of the key lessons that we've had from 2020 is that we have a very fixed cost base and we need to build much better flexibility in as we go forward. So we're working with partners to make sure that when we need to resource up, we can do that in a more flexible way. We're also looking at a multi-skilling strategy so that we can actually use people across the airport and actually across Team Heathrow. Well, Paula, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. We wish you luck in the future. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter or YouTube, Why not share this with your connections? Until next time.